Hello, heroes, and welcome to another spook-stravagant episode of One Shot, sponsored by the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week, we're continuing our Kids on Bikes adventure with Patrick Rothfuss. But first, let me tell you about our sponsor. The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program is back. This actual play audio drama drove listeners to madness with with its eldritch amalgam of the classic tabletop game and 1930s radio serial. Now, the cinematic podcast experience returns once again to summon forth unknowable Lovecraftian horror and dark comedy. Series 2, The Terrible Secret of Lot X, debuts this October. You can listen to Series 1 now over at CthulhuMystery.com or your favorite podcast app of choice. Will you succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu? Heroes, my new book, The Ultimate RPG Character Backstory Guide, is out now, and you can find it anywhere books are sold. It's full of exercises that will help you add depth to your characters, level up your world-building skills, and even keep role-playing when you're alone. Hurry and get the book that Travis McElroy intends to read at some point. You can find it at big chains like Barnes & Noble, your favorite indie brick-and-mortar bookstores, or just about any online seller. And if you happen to pick up a copy, be sure to leave a review. Those reviews help the book get seen, which helps me sell more copies. With those announcements out of the way, I'll see you in the mid-roll, heroes. As the rest of the students make their way... Uh, I would love to, like, turn so fast, and then I I lose balance and I fall. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> into the bushes oh no you're boned <laughs> just like scrambling up oh, no. <sighs> damn it <sighs> you scramble to your feet just as the rest of the students and Mr. Bailey make their way out the back entrance to the school headed towards the football field I run to catch up with Brody 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 uh, Brody he does that thing where like someone gets really close to you so he stops and puts his leg out to trip you Brody wow <laughs> no <laughs> Brody, Brody, I figured it out. It was it was the the moisture from the pumpkin. We didn't dry it out first, and that's why the wick didn't go into the master wick. But it did kind of burn. But it, if we waited a little bit longer, yeah. yeah, you yeah. Had where were you? Where were you yesterday? Huh? I, I, Why didn't you think I, of yesterday? I couldn't. You got nothing. No, I was. And I walk faster than you. I coughed really hard, and then I fell asleep. In in this. <laughs> <laughs> all right two two all right two sweatshirts that's what i'm gonna call you two sweatshirts hank. yeah you're with okay them. yeah so hank is like when everybody was about to walk out of the classroom to do this the first thing hank did was get up and go to the board and he was about to get some cleaning materials and clean it off but then when bailey put the two of them together because i guess it was just by default mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. he starts to get his stuff and then he walks up to brody and he gets like in his personal space a little bit and then he says What's your problem with Bailey? What's your problem with my problem with Bailey? Who wants to know? <laughs> you asked me first. His problem is that he doesn't respect Shut him. Shut up. <laughs> uh, then I look you up and down, like schoolyard kid style, mm-hmm. and I say, ham and Swiss, and I pull out a sandwich and offer it to you. And he goes, he pulls out his knife and goes, knife? I mean, it's already cut, but sure. We, I want to... <laughs> I hold up my Game Boy. Game Boy! <laughs> We're just holding things up? <laughs> Uh, it's that doesn't everybody it's, it's it's the rock paper scissors equivalent it's the knife sandwich game boy your classic decision making game in carter's america sandwich story cut knife beats game boy because of course and game boy beats sandwich because everyone likes entertainment over food yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Interesting. I wonder how many of our listeners are eating right now. <gasps> um, <laughs> we go to this field and I think we have sort of a montage of these different teams puzzling over their bottle rockets. Can I give a, a little bit of context here? I First off, I can't take credit for this as a, an original idea. My high school physics teacher did this. Wow. wow. Oh, this is dope. What a cool guy. And the rockets are, I don't know if you've ever had them, but you put water in and then you you pump air into them until they pop you can set the angle of them but what i've been teaching the kids is like velocity gravity parabolas you know all of this stuff and so every they everyone can do as many test shots as they want but then you get one shot at me and it's not a coincidence that today is a little bit windy because that means they have to shoot up into the air. That's how they judge velocity. That's how they got to adjust for windage. The semester is kind of been leading up to, and they have all the equations, but like they're going to have to do some real math and to actually make this work. I wish I had this teacher. This is great. We, we have these groups of kids excitedly like firing off test shots and whatnot. And we get to the moment where everyone has solidified. I want who of uh, the group of Cody, Brody, and Hank has the highest brains. I have an eight. I have a D10. I have a D10 as well. Ooh, okay. So uh, Cody or Brody, roll D10. I think it makes sense for you. All right. Oh, I also forgot. Uh, also cool under pressure. Yes, uh, you get, because you have cool under pressure, you get two tokens in this game Ooh. when you fail a roll. And also, Liz, you will get one token because the Steven has cool token? under... How many do I start? Yeah, adver- I think everybody starts with one adversity token. Okay. So now I have two because I so, failed yeah. a roll. Yeah. Steven should have three and Liz should oh, have two okay. because cool under pressure gives you an extra adversity token token every time you would get an adversity token oh no that's easy going cool under pressure is may spend one adversity token to take half of your dice value instead of rolling for a snap decision that one is not germane steven you just have two okay liz if you would like to assist you are allowed to give steven a adversity token in this roll yeah okay so erase one of your tokens steven you are now going to be rolling at plus one cool as you make this roll Ooh, a six. A six. So I think your group has been hard at work. It, it's you and this nerdy kid and your crush. Their group and the group of three that you've sort of uh, have mm-hmm. here have managed to get the bottle to be pretty close to where you expect it to go. And we are now at the point where we've got Mr. Bailey standing at the other end of the field, 100 yards away, looking over the kids as bottles have whizzed past <laughs> him in, in wild shots. But we now come to these final two teams. And I think, Mr. Bailey, you know that the practice shots that they have done have been more impressive than the practice shots of the other students in the school so far. What is the emotion that we see on your face? Are you nervous? Are you excited at perhaps their impending success? I will say there's a little bit of showmanship Mm. here, but I'm actually going to borrow from what my old physics teacher said. And he'd been doing this for a while. He said, I have done this for 20 years and no one has ever hit Oh, that's so good. It's so cool. And it was true, you know, because there's a legit lot of math (laughs) towards doing this. And even if you're- Especially if there's wind. Yep. 
because you got to factor that in. You got to, and then it's time and descent and arc. So like I'm playing to the crowd, Mm -hmm. but I'm cool hand looking it out there where it's like, I don't need to pay attention i'll you know i'll, I'll sort of ham it up too because if yeah. one goes over the top then i like i watch it real obviously go over the top or or I'll, I'll put the hand up to the eyes it's like where oh that that one fell so short i can't even see where it landed you know that <laughs> you know this is spectacular you now see that like most of the class is gone and this team of a young man and a partner we, we haven't established who uh <laughs> steven's character might have a crush on Mm -hmm. line up their shot and you're sort of like watching them expectantly the bottle shoots out and comes towards you and just misses you by about a foot the crowd like goes up there's a lot of shouting and yelling that they almost got you uh you feel impressed and i think this team high fives as brody watches brody your group is taking this last shot Mm -hmm. and the kids are now excitedly crowded around you. You've got a bit of a chip on your shoulder at this point and you rolled a six total, right? Mm -hmm. Your bottle is set. You pump that last bit of the pump. It takes off in the air and I think it looks like it's going on a very clear arc and a sudden breeze kicks up and pushes it out of the way before it reaches Mr. Bailey. Mr. Bailey, you see this bottle headed toward you. To your surprise, and perhaps even to your delight, it looks like it might hit you. Roll brains for me. Alrighty. Four. Four. Okay. You can see only for an instant. It seems like by the group of kids, there is a tall man standing there that was not there before. You don't recognize him. It's very confusing. You take your eyes off the bottle for a second as you see this person. And again, they've got that large, uh, wide brim black hat. So you can't really see their face. And it startles you. And it causes you to step back for a second. And I think in that moment, that is when Brody feels the taste of victory start to well up in his mouth just before the breeze knocks the bottle out of the way. Because he can feel, I got to him. I got to him. And the bottle is pulled away by the wind. And as you look back, that figure is once again gone. So your experiment was a success. Kids had a lot of fun with science. They realized exactly how complicated trajectories are. Hmm. And Brody... Brody runs out into the field to where his bottle landed. Yeah. And just starts stabbing it. (laughs) This might be something that a teacher needs to intervene And he's crying. He's full on crying. Oh. I whispered He's to Hank. Broken. Oh wow! Hank, just just let him be for a little bit. He does this sometimes. Yeah, there was a there was a lot riding on this mm-hmm. shot for you. So yeah, if he's like legit distraught, the whole game changes, and I wander over to him. Um, are there other kids around? I think the kids are still in their group together. And now that like the phantom stranger that you saw earlier is not there, not the phantom, not the stranger, phantom stranger capital. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but now that like you've confirmed that that must've been a trick of your sight, you can see like the kids are discussing things excitedly. There are some sort of like looking over at this scene. They look a little bit nervous, a little bit scared. And there's also like the danger that, if somebody starts making fun of him, he's got a knife and he's 
not doing super great emotionally right now. So, well, actually, what I do is probably the other team who had a rocket relatively close with the nerdy kid. Um, yeah, do we want to do we want to give nerdy kid and crush names here? Okay, so well, I will name uh, the nerdy kid is going to be Jake. We could name the crush Alex. Yeah, <laughs> we're still keeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll yeah. keep straddling that gender fence. Keep that, keep yep. that open. It's my favorite fence. Okay. The gender fence. Um, <laughs> always greener. <laughs> I'll say to everybody, I'm like, all right, everybody, back in. And remember, I want you to show all your work. So get to writing that up, and I'll see you in just a second. And so, and then I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll head over to him. I would like to follow Mr. Bailey, too. I, I want uh, a semi-intimate scene here, but you will be able to duck into it as soon as some emotional groundwork has been laid. So, yeah, Mr. Bailey approaches Brody. What does it matter? What is it? I don't even care. Um, I'll kind of crouch down next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, like seeing somebody else coming up, I'll kind of like give him a little bit of the wave off, like just like hold on a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll get down there, and I'm assuming he's probably not going to stab this thing for a solid again and again for thirty seconds. I imagine he kind of like blows off some steam, and then is I got yeah, I, I'm stabbed out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all stabbed out. It's I come down. I say. uh so, you want to talk about it a little bit? Talk about what, you stupid butt face? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I know it's got to be hard. And you know, the truth is, I don't know how hard it is because it's been a long time since I've been where you are. But one thing I do know, because I have been where you are, and now I'm here, is that however bad it feels, it's going to be better. I need you to roll a charm. That's an eight. An eight. Ooh. So, Steven, I think I'm going to mm-hmm. have you roll grit in this situation. Ooh, I'm gritty. And we'll see how much these words resonate with you. Ooh, eight. Oh, man. Oh, no. That's pretty great. And also, I'm a rebellious, so any persuasion from an adult, I have a plus three. Oh, okay. Well, actually... Can I throw in? I'm not sure if this is quite appropriate. <laughs> I have protective. Ooh. Let's see. Plus three to rolls when defending one of your friends. And in this circumstance, you would be defending Brody from his own emotions. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I really, really like the idea of a tie where. I think while he's talking, you have a greater, maybe below surface level realization that this is a person who is genuinely trying to connect with you in this moment, but you also have your pride. So maybe I think the anger at Mr. Bailey has sort of dissipated, but your desire to like win in this circumstance or other circumstances has not. So what what do you do with that? He kind of like brushes himself off. He stands up, so he's standing over Mr. Bailey now, who doesn't stand up, I assume. Yeah, I'll I'll look up at him, let him get the high ground. Uh, He's kind of wiping his tears away. I just, I wanted to go to the lake this summer, and now I can't. And I was going to see my brother, but I can't see him now. And that's five summers in a row I can't see my brother. So, you know what? Fine. All right. I'm done. And he, like, walks, starts walking away. 
All right. And I think this is a perfect moment to have Hank be there. You were approaching earlier and waved off a little bit. You know, this kid is like now confidently walking away from you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk up to Brody. He's a lot bigger than I am. Yeah. So I'm going to walk directly in front of him. I'm going to take out a little packet of chips and I'm going to say, you want some Fritos? He grabs a Fritos out of his hand and then does that popping the bag thing, oh, which yeah. is so cool. Extremely yeah. cool. <laughs> and then he takes some and he puts them in his mouth and goes, thanks. Give the rest to the sickie. I look up at him and I say, <laughs> we're real close though. Yeah, we were. Who's to say we only get one shot at it? The rules. And damn the rules. <laughs> I say, I like you, kid, but he makes the rules too. And then I walk away and walk up to Mr. Bailey. And I go, Kid. I'm two years older than that. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just walking up to Bailey. Yeah. And then I look up at him and I say, it's a third chalkboard you ruined this week, Mr. Bailey. <laughs> I, uh, I do tend to be a little hard on him. You want someone to help you clean it up? Well, is Brody still within earshot? Yeah, I think so. Oh, see, I'm, 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 I, I want to throw this out to the group because there's two ways I could play this. Mm-hmm. Um. And and again, not to get mired in in the backstory of this, um, my group back in physics actually did get a second shot. Whoa! Yes, yes, yes. The second shot narrative is perfect. Mm-hmm. But what I I think we need to I can do. take it in a different direction though. I I've got a different angle that I'll pitch to the team too. I could offer him extra credit if he comes yeah. on. Mad Science, my cable access show. That's it. That's that's the money. <laughs> yeah, we've found it. You've done it. <laughs> I I think that's the better narrative. Even though I like what Hank was coming after me for the second shot, because so we have this situation where you had Hank approach you and still within earshot. Brody's there, coming down a bit from this emotional wave, but still being tough. And I think sort of being there as always. Uh, <laughs> no, watching. Cody's on the top of the bleachers. And he's saying, that's hey not guys, safe for you. Hey, guys, did you know how tall these go? <laughs> you know, they're so, so high up. Wait, I'll come down. Uh, Hank oh, takes no! off on a skateboard towards the building. <laughs> skateboard on the, on the, on the field. The grass. Yeah, that's how much he cares. I think uh, there's probably a good catch where Cody's life is just barely saved by Hank. But most importantly... <laughs> This whole group that we kind of know based on what the trajectory was earlier before that sudden breeze of wind picked up, like we kind of know that their numbers were probably right. Mm. There was just a freak gust that stopped them. So I think you have every excuse to offer this extra credit solution. And, and Hank, have you what, what, what exactly did you say when you came up? So I walked up and I asked if you needed someone to clean the blackboard and stay after. I'm going to turn towards Cody's back because he's got his back to us and he's walking away. Brody. Brody, I'm sorry. Is that right? You're uh, walking away from us? Or yeah. You? you know, you were real close, Mr. Bailey. Closer than those other guys were. Well, I've got a couple of problems. One of which is the blackboard you mentioned that somebody is going to need to clean that off. And the other problem is that I want to talk about this on Mad Science, but I don't have my regular kid that comes in, little Timmy, you know, oh, Mr. Tim, oh, Dr. Science, you know, you know, you, you've seen I know him. who Mr. Timmy He's, is. Uh, and Hank looks, makes like a disgusted face. <laughs> well, hey, now he does a good job. He's just. There's other kids who could but, do a better job, Mr. Bailey. 
He doesn't project. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is, you're right. I think there are kids that could do a better job helping me talk about ballistics, especially if they maybe needed a little bit of extra credit. Oh, those words carry through to you, Brody. And you hear it. But I don't need any extra credit. (gasps) He starts walking back. I'm just getting my knife. And he bends down and picks up his knife. Okay. He goes, and I guess it... Me and my knife will see you Saturday morning. For- Is that a threat? Boy, that sounded really sweet, but also, was it a threat? <laughs> for Mr. Science. Oh. <laughs> and also, do clean up the pumpkin. Don't push your luck. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll clean up the pumpkin. I'll give him my daddest mm-hmm. teacherist mm-hmm. look. And I'll say, it's got to be cleaned up. And the fireworks are mine now. Jokes on you, they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll laugh. I'll laugh at that. I go, fair enough. Fair enough. And I think we get a shot of all four of you in the classroom cleaning up this chalkboard that's covered in pumpkin guts and soggy fireworks. Just your normal classroom mm-hmm. problem. Just your normal classroom problem. <laughs> and outside the window where Cody had been watching earlier, we see now much closer this person in black Um, we get that musical sting so i think we need to follow brody home brody what does your room look like speaking of circumstances (laughs) it's a ranch style house okay and i go through my window oh cool because the because it's cool (laughs) and also the door has one of those industrial locks on it because mm-hmm. uh, my dad is a conspiracy theorist, he doesn't think he doesn't think Carter should have won a second election. <gasps> oh man! So he's like, "No, this is wrong. We're in the wrong. Something's going on. We're 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 in we're in a good timeline. Yeah. We're in yeah. the brightest it timeline. Should bad. <laughs> it should be bad. <laughs> it should be bad instead. Uh, so he spends a lot of his time at the Mucks Gratz, like when they do VFW stuff with them, drinking and things. So I'm really on my own. My lunch packed was the knife. That's my that's my lunch that was given. So he goes into his room. He's got like uh, just your generic rock band posters around Fugazi's, the Stooges. Uh, but he's also comfortable like liking Blondie and Devo and stuff. So he's got pretty eclectic, pretty cool musical taste. He's I would so say cool. for somebody, if someone likes those kind of bands, yeah. I think they're so if there pretty are any people cool. in the audience who need a significant other. They can always yeah. just contact Steven <laughs> because cool. he's got such cool it's eclectic cool music, music taste. Like, you know, like he's just like Iggy Pop. You know, who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, his mom is not around anymore. The last birthday gift she gave him before she left was a cockatoo. <gasps> so he has a cockatoo in his room. What's a cockatoo's name? Iggy. Iggy. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, you know, generic clothes and stuff strewn around. You strewn know, about clothes. And stuff. Generic clothes. And he's got like a box of, and he starts munching on that box of checks that he has in his yeah, room. Yeah, mm. jean brand jeans. Yeah. Shirt yeah. brand shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you, I think, get a knock on your door. Brody. Yes, sir. You take out the trash? Not yet, sir. Well? I'll I'll do it right now. Yeah, you're right. You will. Okay. I don't think we see your father as, like, you open your door, you go... Well, I do the thing, the lock, where you put the knife in the other side of the door jam. Oh. So he can't open it. Oh. And so then I take that, take my knife out of that to open the door when I hear hear the footsteps go away. That's great. We take you out to the trash can. A lot of cans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of cans. A lot of beer cans. You see in the distance, because I feel like behind your house, there's just woods. Mm -hmm. A set of eyes 
In the woods? In the woods. Oh. Get out of here, pervert. I actually want you to roll grit. Oh, okay. For me. A six. A six. Yeah, I think you're a bit afraid. All right. But your response can still be, get out of here, pervert. All right. Um, it's going to be less bravado. <laughs> hey, me some sort of pervert. Get out of here. And those eyes just, like, keep watching you. Um, it's sort of like a glowing animal's eyes right. situation. He goes, I'll give you a show, and he pulls down his pants to moon him. <laughs> <laughs> love this. Absolutely love this. He shakes this. it, and as he's wa- he's like being real goofy, and he walks to the trash can with his pants. With his pants. Just <laughs> coming. And I think that goes uneventful. Like, you put the trash away, you pull your pants up, mm-hmm. and then you turn back to the woods, and there's nothing there oh, they're gone. anymore. Okay. So uh-huh. yeah, He takes one of the cans out of the trash can mm-hmm. and tosses it where the eyes were. Yeah. You felt like, I've won this battle. Mm-hmm. And we have you go back inside, and your bird is in its cage. It looks at you, and then it just says, Brody. <gasps> uh, he learned it! But... <laughs> Here's no, the thing, I know, I know. that's not your bird's voice, uh, yeah, and it scares the bejesus yeah. out of you. Oh, what? He just screams, and he, he comes through the window again, he tumbles out of the window. I- Iggy? And I think you go to look back in, and your bird is just sort of sitting there, being a bird. He picks up a rock from, like, the outside of the windowsill and, like, toss it towards the cage. It lets out a squawk and goes, Brody! And it's and normal bird voice. He comes voice. in and he goes, that's not what you said before. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master. I hope you're enjoying the game so far. I know we had fun recording it, and my friends certainly had fun naming their characters, which has come back to haunt me this episode. I wanted to remind you that One Shot is going to be at some conventions really soon. You can catch me, Alex Roberts, DC, Darcy Ross, and John from System Mastery this weekend, October 11th through the 14th in Walnut Creek, California for Big Bad Con. Then, on November 1st through 4th, you can catch me, Alex Roberts, Jim McClure, Megan Dornbrock, Daniel Kwan, and DC at Metatopia in Morristown, New Jersey. Finally, November 9th through 11th, you can find me, Mel D'Amato, Megan Dornbrock, Jim McClure, and the Broadswords at Akatacon in Dayton, Ohio. Be sure to watch my Twitter for updates about where I'll be over at at OneShotRPG. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Thursday, we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of Total Party Kill at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find that and more over at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Heroes, this week we're concluding our Star Wars run of the Campaign Podcast. It'll be wrapping up in a spectacular, almost two-hour-long episode that I don't mind saying is one of the funniest things that we have ever done. Campaign has meant a tremendous amount to me over the years, and I'm sad to see it go. If you'd like to say goodbye with me, you can join me in tweeting on the hashtag Binoc to wish our complicated heroes a farewell. I'm definitely getting emotional over the end of the Star Wars campaign, but I'm also extremely excited about our new campaign, Skyjacks. You can catch a preview of Skyjacks on the campaign feed on Monday, the very day that this episode came out. Be sure to head over to the campaign feed and check out the other Skyjacks previews. We've put so much work into this universe, and I know you're going to love it. Before we get back to the episode, I want to say a quick thank you to our backers over on Patreon. Keegan Armstrong, thank you so much. Philip Jacobson, thank you. Samuel Clarvo, thank you very much. Gavin Kimi, thank you. Patrick Sullivan, 
thank you so much. Waffles, a.k.a. Mahaffey, thank you very much. Dylan Wright, thank you. Marie Drescher, thank you very much. Pablo Zuniga, or Pablo Zunega? Pablo included a lot of helpful accent marks that would help a normal person able to discern accent marks to pronounce their name properly. Thank you so much for your support, Pablo, and I am so sorry about who I am as a person. Alex B., thank you very much. Faye Chevalier, thank you. Justin Coaster, thank you very much. Matthew Clark, thank you. And Derek Snyder, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You make everything that we do here at the network possible, and I can't even begin to express how much I appreciate it. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. And we're going to cut over to Cody. Cody, what's your room like? Oh, in the Limp Biscuit household. Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot. We're definitely a this. war criminal. Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hyphenated? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. Limp Biscuit. Oh, my it's God. Right. So one of the one of the parents has already hyphenated names. Yes. Oh my god. How progressive. <laughs> no, they're very the progressive. Carter's America. There yeah. you go. Uh we also live in a ranch because I think the entire neighborhood is ranches. Mm-hmm. It's like full on new construction, but all the houses are the same. Um my room is uh, very stark. No carpet. There's like very clean walls. I'm not allowed to really have a whole lot of stuff because we never know if something's going to be like oh. have uh, an allergen or so- yeah, something. But no, I no. do. So I have like a very small bed and a, not a lot of possessions. But I do have like a secret box of things that I keep under my bed. A secret box of allergens. A secret box of <laughs> yes. Pet dander. <laughs> a dandelion box. <laughs> <laughs> Amoxicillin. Amoxicillin. <laughs> so, no, it's just a box of like fun things that I've accumulated over the years and just things that I always wish I could do. So it's like pictures out of like uh, adventure books and uh, mountains that I want to climb. And just whenever I get sad, I kind of go through with my box of fun stuff and just be like, ah, one day. And the rest of the house is kind of like very barren as well because my parents, once they found out they had such a sick kid, they kind of went into hyperdrive of yeah. trying to really make sure that nothing ever hurts me. I know. I, lo- I love your parents. That's great. <laughs> the, the, everything, your home is essentially baby-proofed. Yes. And you are pretty old. Yes, very uh, old. I think you hear from your window a can being thrown. And next door, because of course it's next door, is Brody's place. I think you missed the mooning. But mm-hmm. you do see this can being thrown, and I'm going to need you to make a grit roll Ooh. for me, Liz. Oh, you're very gritty. I'm very gritty. So that eight. is an eight. Cool. I'm going to say you are not going to scream. Outside the window, like you can see your friend saying something to what appears to be like the world in general. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe maybe what are you some kind of pervert yeah maybe maybe to the world maybe pervert what are you some kind of get out of here what are you some kind of pervert um (laughs) and what uh, first appears to be a bird lands on the roof of his home Hmm. it's very large and it captures your attention quickly iggy 
What are you doing out of your cage? I think the moon and stars are out bright. Mm -hmm. And because lights out in your house happens very, very fast after dinner, it's dark in your room. So the silhouette of the lights coming from the sky are enough to make this creature's form indistinct. Mm -hmm. And you just watch like this is a big bird. It's bigger than Iggy. Big bird. It could be a hawk or an owl. And it's a hawk. It's an owl. (laughs) Some sort of eagle. (laughs) No, he's he's only got up to hawks and owls. That's alphabetically incorrect. Didn't go to bird camp like some cool people did. (laughs) Me. Uh, (laughs) Is that true? I did. did. Game. Let's hear about bird bird camp. Bird camp. Uh, We'll find out about bird camp later. (laughs) But for now, uh, let's find out more about this. Bird creature. Uh, so you can tell that like it's a, like head hands on the window, just like oh. is following Brody mm-hmm. as he's going back across, like uh, the back of his house, back to his window and his home. And you can see it watching him. And you know, maybe you even haven't thought, hey, if you were a field mouse, you'd be dead by now. <laughs> um, sort of uh, <laughs> all this and more so, at so Bird Camp. <laughs> um, but the creatures suddenly like stretches its wings. They flutter a bit. And then you can see on the underside of these wings, dozens upon dozens of green glowing eyes. No. No. And <laughs> when you see that, it jumps up, takes off, and flies away. As quick as it was there, it's gone. Oh, yeah. Mom, that, that's Brody! <laughs> and no one can hear yeah. you. <laughs> no, I'm like... I, I think I think your your parents run into your room. You you are now sort of mired in an allergen check. Um, uh, no, but... mom, just stop, stop touching me. No, there was a burn and lots of. You're being no, attended to. I don't have a fever, mom. No, I saw it. I really did. And we're gonna cut I over. Don't it. have hives. Well, I have some hives. Let's do it. <laughs> Just the regular hives. Where does Hank sleep? Uh, he sleeps in the arcade. <gasps> Hank, no. What is this? Who is this child? Horrible, horrible yeah, creation. This, you, this is a war criminal, but you are history's greatest monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Jimmy Carter was already elected. So. Uh, yeah, I guess in Carter's America, Pranks Paul was history's greatest monster. Uh, so you're sleeping in an arcade? Yeah. Okay. So I'm you- curled up in front of a not particularly litigious company's arcade machine. So, like, definitely not any Japanese companies that might sue this network. You mean or- Donkey Kong? Monkey Kong. Monkey, monkey Kong. Kong. Yeah, we're, I'm in front of a Monkey Kong machine. <laughs> because in part of America, that didn't change either. Yeah. yeah but still, Mon- Monkey Kong is an extremely good name. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're sleeping in an arcade. Okay. So this is an active arcade, and I think it is opposite Critter Creek. Okay. It's closed down, so pretty much all of the lights and machines are off Mm -hmm. to save power. I think the only lights that stay on at night are the lights around the air hockey Mm-hmm. And I know this is more of a 90s trend. Than I'm sure they had like air hockey 80s. in the 80s. Well, not blacklight air hockey. Sure, yeah. Blacklight air hockey is 90s, but I love it. So there is some like black lights on, uh, mm-hmm. lending the whole room this cool glow. Because the lights are so light, you can see Critter Creek across from you. 
And in one of the windows, one of the higher second story windows that is not boarded up, you see a shadow pass. And you know that building is supposed to be at the very least abandoned. At the very most super abandoned. (laughs) You know that nobody should be there. And these are your streets. Yeah. And also, I have a stash. There is one working fridge in Critter Creek that I keep plugged in where I put a bunch of spare party subs in there. Oh, God, dude. And I have to go. I'm worried that these people are going to get my stash. Oh, you're in the school system. I'm so so confused about everything. It's like how you're a student anywhere. Hey, I asked for bureaucratic leeway. So do you have a social security number? Who knows? (laughs) Not in Carter's America. So I don't know what that means. Nothing means anything. You've got a stash in there. And I think that is your immediate thought. My food stash. Yeah. No. So I'm going to go get my, I have like one toy, stuffed toy. It's a teddy bear that's dressed like Mr. T. Oh. Hell yeah, dude. And I stuff Mr. T in my backpack. Oh. He probably won't sue us, right? I think he's fine. And I'm going to get the fools. <laughs> <laughs> you trash monster. <laughs> so I stuff my good luck charm in my bag because all the machines are unplugged, right? Mm-hmm. So I like snake my hand in there and I grab a bag of Fritos from the snack machine and I put it in my bag to replace the other one that I got rid of. And then I just trudge my way over to Critter Creek. What is your typical way into Critter Creek? How do you get in the building? All of the doors are locked, which is why I think it's abandoned. And like most people don't have a way of getting in here. So I actually take a jump off of a ramp into a window. Oh, cool. So extreme. It's extreme. It's cool. Gotta give it to him on all these counts. (laughs) You must. One must give it to him. One must. Yes, very extreme. (laughs) (laughs) You land, there's that clack, that very distinct and definitive clack that skateboards made when they're touching down uh, along with that rolling Mm -hmm. and that echoes through this abandoned building. Mm. You, I think, have only been here in the day before. This is your first time at Critter Creek at night. It feels so much larger. A chill runs over you. You hear something else in the building. You just hear something fall over. So I try to be as quiet as I possibly can. And I take my backpack off and sort of clutch it to my chest. Mm -hmm. And I pick up my skateboard, put it in my other hand, and I just try to sneak. Because it was rolling for a little bit, making a noise. So I try to grab everything that I have, make myself as small as possible, and then just sort of hunch down and walk in the direction of the noise. So we get an above shot of Hank as he's walking through these abandoned structures. Like, actually, I think there, there are a couple shots of him, like, looking around, sneaking, like, feeling very meek. Uh, and then we get this bird's eye shot. And we can look down at the ground and the things that Hank is not seeing. On the ground, mm-hmm. uh, on the floor, there is some sacred geometry. So what? What? summoning circle type things. Fucking- it looks extremely creepy. It doesn't appear as though it's drawn in blood or anything. It uh, looks like it's been done with like ash or something like that. It's broken up though because there are chairs and whatnot over it. So from Hank's perspective, you wouldn't be able to see the whole thing. Maybe mm-hmm. you'd be able to see that there's a design on the floor. But you, if you had been able to zoom out, you would have been yeah, able to Yeah, if you'd been it. able to see the bird's eye view, you can see that he's just like mm-hmm. crossed this path. Um, it's a pretty spooky. Uh, <laughs> Scary. What is this building that has the working refrigerator? Um, I think it, there is one suite that was an old office suite. Mm-hmm. And it used to be 
the old office space for the pencil factory lofts, but there was one refrigerator that was never taken away and yeah. is still in good working order. And the building is still getting electricity. Yeah. So you go to the refrigerator. Which um, has been tagged property of party sub on it. Yeah, there, there are a lot, <laughs> there are lots of filing cabinets yeah. in here that you walk past. They all have like big locks on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you make your way to this break room area. Um, and it's, it's pretty dark in here. The building gets electricity. Most of the light bulbs have been burned out. Um, the only lights that are really working or things that are working in this building that are not the refrigerator are the sign out mm-hmm. front. I think you open this refrigerator and we see to like your relief, mm-hmm. your subs are still there. Like there's a shot like mm-hmm. of you opening this and the lights illuminate your face and you mm-hmm. sigh in relief as we can see the small collection of food that you have scrolled away. here: Ham and Swiss, turkey, meatball, chicken salad. You're all here. You gotta eat those so fast. They're gonna go bad. Why are you so many? After we get this shot of your food, it once again returns to your face that's been illuminated by the light of the refrigerator, and we can see immediately behind you there is a pale faced man with dark black eyes that have no pupils or whites to them of any kind. And you sort of calmly close that refrigerator and the light from it goes away. And as it does, so does that man. (gasps) And you're able to make your way back to your arcade. That brings us to Mr. Bailey. And I got to know. Nothing bad happens to him. Eating food in front of the TV. Yeah. Where where does Mr. (laughs) Bailey live? What's what's his living situation like? I think there's probably the housing market there is not real, you know, real real competitive. It's a stagnated economy. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he has kind of what would look like a pretty typical suburban kind of a nice house. Because in Carter's America, teachers are paid what they're worth. (laughs) Yes! Jimmy uh, Carter, he's still alive. Let's elect him again. <laughs> he's he's very tired. He's building houses now. I know he's doing everything. And on the out, the I mean, there's like the hedge that it's it's trimmed kind of square. You've got the uh, field stone oversized chimney on one side. 1960s style of house. Mm-hmm. The lawn is taken care of. You'd look at the house and you're like, oh, this is a person who does his taxes early and plays golf. You know, like very tidy. This person cares about his lawn, which Mr. Bailey doesn't actually, but he sort of keeps up appearances like that. And on the inside of the house, there's really just not very much of anything. Mm. Two bedroom with an office office you know he probably has a couch he has there is nothing on the walls oh wow and he sort of just uses it as a place to keep himself yeah i like this i mean it it's full of relatively nice things but there's very little of mr bailey's very pronounced personality in this place yeah and we, we can see that uh, as we see him here, he stands out from the starkness of this place. Like even though he's just a teacher in a sweater vest and jeans, mm. like there's a stark relief between him and the place he chooses to live. What is he doing this evening? Where do we find him? He's just wrapped up a school day where he did this kind of successful after school activity. He's not going to have any production work until the weekend. Mm. So what sort of hobby? 
hobby is he busying himself with or is he just taking his work home? He does. He takes his work home. He has kind of one of those worn leather satchels and there's some papers. He comes home, has a freezer full of TV dinners that he makes and just sort of goes through the motion. He eats it sitting on the couch with a TV tray and then goes and grades the papers and then double checks the papers to make sure that he graded them right. I don't know if any of you have ever been a teacher. If you've never been a teacher, you might think, oh, he really cares so much. That's not what this is. Oh. It's that he has nothing else to do. Wow. I think with that, he gets a knock at the door. He is genuinely like this might not supposed to be unsettling, but like like he is unsettled. He'll go and look through the peephole. I think you look through the peephole. Oh man, I'm trying to decide. Yeah, I think you see a young woman standing there. She looks to be about 16, but she's dressed oddly. Oddly like punk rock or oddly like Victorian murder <laughs> ghost? Oddly uh, like, I'm going to say 1920s-ish. So oh. she's in a long dress. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, and actually the fact that it is a teenager mm-hmm. relaxes him, even yeah. though she's oh. dressed oddly. <laughs> and so opens the door. And um, no one is there. <gasps> <gasps> Ghost, 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 ghost. What is most definitively there, I think, at the end of the street, which is a long street, and you're sort of on a bit of a bend of it. It's safe to say that perhaps the other kids in their ranch homes are are not too far from here, but at the end of the street, you can see the one three story home in this neighborhood. The home that has been unoccupied for decades on decades known as the witch house Um, and that sort of stands out to you in the darkness you can see the little glowing lights coming from various homes that haven't quite gone to bed yet there's that blue light of a television dancing across different people's faces but somehow even more than the light even more than the stars and the moon above you that house and the shadows of that house call out to you in this moment. And you stand there almost hypnotized. I need you to make a grit roll for me. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, Mr. Bailey is not good at, uh, <laughs> at, being, at being gritty for himself. He's good at being gritty for other people. Oh, um, uh, five. Oh, actually, five? No, no, mm-hmm. I want to do something more. So you do take... <laughs> Take a adversity token and give give it to me. Give it to me. Easy going means you get two. Means you get two. So okay. So you will get two, and you start with one. Yes. Okay. Sort of like shake your head and come to, and you're like that's strange. And uh, you go to close the door, but you find there's no door there. What? And there's no door there because you're outside of your home you turn around and behind you about a block or so away is your house (gasps) and right in front of you is the witch house (gasps) what and you have no memory of walking here (sighs) 
Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with more Kids on Bikes next week. Music featured on this week's episode was acquired through the Free Music Archive. And it includes Dreaming by Lee Rosevere. Can You Kiss Me First by Hair Doctor, Spooky Tension Building Synth by Solar Flare, Omega by Graham Filkowitz, Ambientro by Kid Nasty, and Muffled Synth Pawn by Highway 17. In the meantime, if you're looking for other great gaming shows, be sure to check out other shows on our network, like Backstory. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role-playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARP rights, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emerging artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their vision for the future of role-playing. You can find Backstory on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcasting app. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream, on Thursday we'll be streaming more Gloomhaven for a new episode of Total Party Kill, starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find that and more at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Heroes, as always, we end one shot with a call to action, and this week I am reminding everyone that you must register to vote. The deadline for registration in many states is October 9th, which means that is around the corner. Thankfully, for most states, you can check to see if you're registered online, and you can even get your registration put through online. All you have to do is go to vote.org to see how to register in your state. And if you're registered, make sure all of your friends and family are registered alongside you. It is more important than ever to make sure that your voice is heard. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.